Right, and we have kicked off. It is the Play On podcast at Podcast Play On at Beer Rap Bants. Uh, myself, Ben. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing and checking us out on all podcast platforms. Don't forget, you can also check out the other podcast, Beer Rap and Banner, uh, which is a weekly one. And as always, we are with Ash. How you doing, Ash? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, happy to be here. Happy to be back. It's been a little while since I've been on we've been on with you guys missed you missed you too man missed you too not as much as I've missed football but I've, I've still missed you oh. and, uh, <laughs> and um and we've got Cal as always Cal working in the background how you doing fellas um yeah yeah feeling good to be uh coming out of lockdown and uh getting out a little bit more um and it's nice to be back on the podcast and have a special guest with us today as well we yes. do we do we do there's lots to cover today so Ash Ash I'm going to let you introduce our special guest for today's episode yeah, so we're really, really lucky to have him on. He's this, he's my star of, of AFTV. Um, he's been on the same old Arsenal. He's been on Guns N' Ribbons. We have lead judges here. Hayley, how are you doing? Uh, thank you, Ash. That's a lovely, lovely to you say that. I'm, I'm honoured that you, you think that I'm the best on there. Thank you very much for that. A hundred percent. No one he's else the, can touch you. Marquee signing. He's the main man. <laughs> <laughs> No, thanks, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on, Lee. And obviously, um, just what, just for your team. I mean, it's obvious what your team is for people. People that might not have picked it up for Ash's introduction. What's your team? Uh, the mighty Arsenal. Hey. <laughs> good man, good man, good man. And um, we've got four Gooners on today. But as always, I'll try and be as impartial as I can. Uh, but you, you, Lee, can say what you want. Um, free, free to roam around and just, just say say what you want. Um, so we usually kickstart. Uh, the show just saying sort of if you could sum up uh, your team season in three words what would those three words be? Uh, the three words would be not good enough would be I the three we, words I think we'll all agree on that do you just want to expand on it sort of what were your views at the beginning of the season and then how it developed with um, Arteta taking over? Well when the, the season started I thought we I thought like um, good Good sort of hopes, really. Um, you know, disappointed, obviously, with the Europa League final. So it was a little bit, you know, what's it going to be like? Got a good result against Newcastle. But I just felt we fell away after that. And Emery just lost his way. Uh, I was disappointed in the way the ball didn't react. You know, it was obviously, it, it, it wasn't going to work out. And they delayed and delayed. And I think it just showed, really summed up our ball at this moment in time. Very, you know, hit and miss and didn't do the proper job there. Then, obviously, like, we put in Freddie for a little while and without the proper resources for him, no coaching staff, it was a real mismatch of a appointment for him, really. I thought they uh, um, threw him under the bus, you know, in one of our Arsenal legends, a great great player for us, and, you know, just into his coaching and just, I just thought that they was, you know, didn't know what they was doing there. But the salvation of the season has been, um, you know, Mikel Arteta coming in. And I think that he's um, showed us the right way to go. I think that there's been a little bit of encouragement, certainly the way we're playing now, um, definitely with uh, the attitude of the players. And I have to say, you know, I don't, don't mean there's no disrespect to Emery, but every time he was on the TV interview, I just couldn't listen to him. But as soon as Arteta's on the on the TV, I can't wait to listen to what he's got to say. It's, it's in, informal. It's a very, very good, well-spoken, passionate, and, and and you can relate to it. And I think that's that's the key. You know, like you you want him to do well. You're willing him to do well. And 
if he gets the right backing from the board, I'm I'm really confident that Arsenal could start becoming what we all hope that they can be. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, I think just sort of touching on Arteta when he speaks, you, you know that he's got pretty much the same message at the end of every game. He seems to be wanting to push the idea of attitude and momentum and energy and um, and being an ex-player and legend at the team, you know, with the fans have bought into him and, and players have definitely bought into him. So it's looking promising and um, it should be interesting to see where we stand after the City game um, during the first first week back. Um, so, yeah, so just... After introducing our guests, as always, uh, we like to touch on a few things. So just to round up for today, we'll have a season review of top goal scorers. Uh, we're going to touch on the project restart, which is due to commence soon on the 17th of June. And then there's a lot of general news to get through. Um, obviously, first and foremost, we just want to acknowledge everyone who's sort of being safe during COVID, during the lockdown, and also everyone who's out protesting uh, you know, obviously Black Lives Matter and it's important that we acknowledge um, you know, everything that's going on in America and in England and around the world so if you're listening and you're just using our podcast to get you through the week or you're using it to commute or, you know, you're down through a rough time, just just know that the lads here, we're, we're here for you listeners and, uh, you know, just supporting the cause. I don't know if Ash or Cal want to add anything yeah, to no, before we course. move on. No, of course I just think um, a lot's been said this week and we're going to give like some light relief but that light relief is just still in line with everything that's kind of going on. So we're very, very present with the current situation. Um, we were kind of, we feel, we felt it, we've experienced it and we are completely supportive of, of all the movements that are taking place. Nice. Nice. Um, right. Just, uh, just kickstarting. I don't know, Cal, sorry, I just jumped in. Did you want to add anything before we start the, uh... no, no, that's fine. I think you guys summed it up uh, very well. Wicked, wicked. Yeah. We try and give everyone a voice. Right. Just a uh, season review. Now over the past few episodes, as you know, um, Ashley's brainchild has been uh, player of the month, manager of the month, goal of the month, young player of the month. And now, we're just as a review, we're going to touch on top goal scorers. So we've got Vardy on 19, yeah. uh, which, which was on before the break, uh, Abamyang on 17, and then Salah and Aguero on 16. Mm-hmm. And then following them was Danny Ings. Um, I'm happy to sort of give Abamyang to one of you two if anyone wants to touch on Vardy. So just. Um, I'll touch up. I'm happy to start with Vardy. So, uh, scored in eight straight games um, from October to December, went on that amazing run. Um, I think when sort of he decided to retire from international football, when he could concentrate on, on club football, it really galvanised his, his career again. And having Brendan Rodgers with him definitely, definitely helped him direct him in sort of just making those runs and have players supporting him and he just he just went on a massive goal scoring spree I know for anyone who had him in their f- fantasy football team um, instead of the uh, Pookie party they had the Vardy party and he came up with a good um, scoring a hat-trick against Southampton um, and he's just a striker that you know he's I mean he's a nightmare to play against fans you know oppositional fans dislike him and always give him shit and, and he, he chucks it back which I like um, real goal poacher great finisher uh, and you know, sitting sitting at the top of the uh, the charts at the minute with 19. So could he possibly push on? It remains to be seen whether they've got the uh, the energy to carry on to the end of the season. But he's sitting he's sitting two ahead of Aubameyang. Um mm-hmm. Lee, what's your thoughts on Aubameyang at the minute? 17 goals. Do you think he could get the golden boot again? I think he's got a good chance. I think the only thing going against him is just being out playing out wide left where. Uh... Um, Fardy is down the middle where he's going to get more chances. If, if I was a better man, 
I would probably just say that the two goals of Hardy's got are enough to see him, see him uh, over the line uh, in terms of goals. But, you know, Aubameyang is one of these players that can get a little streak going, get, you know, actually one game, two the next, you know. But uh, looking at Arsenal's fixtures, we've got some very, very tough fixtures. So for him to be getting like, goals from this time is going to be tough. But if anybody can do it, he can. You know, there's no two ways about it. He is the finisher. Um, I don't think, if I'll be honest, that Arsenal supply, supply is, is good enough. I don't think we supply enough goals. So um, I, I think that Vardy uh, would be my favourite. I do like Vardy as a player. You know, he, he's uh, all, uh, all heart, gives it, you know, everything he's got, 100% every time. And he is a goal scorer. Um, and I think... If I'll be honest, I think that Aubameyang is more of a team player. Sometimes that maybe go against him. You know, he wants to pass, um, which is a good thing from that point of view. He's not selfish. Where I think that Vardy is, you know, if he's got a chance to score a goal, someone's in a better position here to take the chance. I'm pretty sure that Aubameyang would look to go the other way. So that goes against him as an individual, but as a team player, I like that. Yeah, definitely. Do you think though? Just, I mean, Ash as well. You can maybe just build on this: the fact that Aubameyang's out, out on the, out on the wide, um, on the left or so, and then and then comes in a bit closer to Lacazette. Maybe doesn't give him as many chances, clear cut chances, um, and also he's he's um, he's a bit more of a team player, like Lee was saying. So he, he's likely to sort of draw defenders in and assist or and assist the lead. The assist. Do you think if he was leading the line like last season a bit more, he'd, he'd get more goals? Yeah, def- definitely, and I think. Even the way he's set up on the left, he does quite a lot of defensive work. Um, if you look at who's next, which is Salah, Salah's job is he's playing from wide, but he stays higher up. Everyone else drops back, whereas Aubameyang, he really does chip in. There was a clip, I think it was against um, Everton when we beat them 3-2. He was tracking the fullback. Mm. He was tracking um, their fullback back to kind of like clear, to clear the lines. Now, he still scored 17 goals whilst also doing a lot of defensive work as well. So I think Lee's point about him being... Um, a team player is definitely the case. Like he's he he puts in a lot of shifts and, and uh, like a lot of yards going definitely. back that way as opposed to kind of being in the area where he's most he's most dangerous. Definitely. I mean you could argue he's probably the hardest working in terms of the ground he has to cover mm. uh out of those strikers I've listed. Um, you know, he has to help the defensive duty. I mean, that's probably telling of Arsenal's defensive throw <laughs> in the back or naive in transition. But he does work hard and he can get a goal from a header, free kick, penalty, tapping, yeah. he's got it all. Uh, moving on, you, I mean, you touched on Salah. Almost uh, almost every other goal uh, in a game scores against the big teams. He's in such a free-flowing, attacking front three and, and team. It's, it's always inevitable that he's always going to pop mm. up. Um, I'm going to move on just to Aguero. Just, Lee, what's your thoughts on Aguero? Um, six straight games uh, he scored at the start of the season. Um, it was missed over the Christmas period, but to still be amongst the top strikers with the, with the injuries that he's had. What's your thoughts on Aguero there? Uh, listen, Aguero is a top, top player, but I do believe, uh, and I'm, this is not a criticism, I'm just saying that, that with all the firepower that they've got, the, the, the ammo that, that he gets supplied, I do think that he should get more goals than he actually does. Mm. I think that, you know, uh, the player, the, you know, the players that, that feed him all the time, and he is the vocal point of that. I do feel that he probably should score a few more goals, whether it's because he's coming towards the end of it, his career. I think he's about 32 now. And maybe that Man City will look to uh, maybe, um, you know, freshen it up a little bit. Like, But I, I think he's, you know, always going to score goals. He's, you know, a top, top player. 
But I just think that Man City may be this season. That's why perhaps they've not been a, you know, as dominant as in the title races because whether it's been through injuries or they've played mm. Suzuki a bit more. I just think that when he was, a couple of years ago, he was he was unplayable at times. And I just think that he's just starting to go on the wane a little bit. But in saying that, he could still easily get the top goal scorer with all that fight. Yeah. 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 So, um, someone that you can't, you know, listen, I, I, he'll probably score against us because, you know, our defence is weak, you know. So, um, uh, and, and he, he's the sort of player who exploits that. I just think that maybe against the top teams now, you know, he's not quite as uh, as good as what um, he was. But, as I say, I still think he's a top, top player. Fair enough. Fair enough. And actually ending with Danny Ings, 15 goals. Um, the only, oh, sorry, other than Vardy, so I was going to say the only English lad there. But it's great to see Ings popping up with a team that was sort of struggling at the beginning of the season. And we all need, you know, all know you need goals to stay up, as cliche as it sounds. But what's your thoughts on Ings? Yeah, and I, it's weird because obviously we've got, strikers that are at the top end of the table but Danny Ings' 15 goals are going to keep Southampton up and that is a really really big statement so those 15 goals have a direct impact on his team actually remaining in the Premier League next season um, I think he's I think he's been great he's actually not he's only he's only scored one in his last seven so if he can kind of come back after the break and maintain the form from the start of the season then he could actually push Southampton to be a top 10 team yeah. by the end of it um, just one point on Aguero, though. I yeah. think I think injuries have really slowed him down this season. So he's actually got he's scoring at the rate of um, a goal every eighty-eight now. minutes. But yeah, there's just a real problem with him in terms of being on the pitch enough. So I yeah. completely take Lee, Lee's point. If he was on the pitch a bit more, Man City would be a lot closer to Liverpool. But his injuries are slowing him down. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Right as we move on, so that this goes. So just quickly, I'm just going to ask you for your. Uh, who do you think is going to get the golden boot, Lee? Who do you think is going to take the golden well, boot at the end of the season? Unfortunately, we, we, you're missing out somebody because oh. he's been injured. And um, this, uh, you know, with the virus and everything, he's meant that he's not missed as many games as what... Uh, oh, yeah, we, oh, yeah. Here he is. <laughs> I think that he's in, in with a shout, you know. So uh, I, I'm going to go with Vardy. But I wouldn't be surprised if them in from down the road just comes along and nicks it, like you know. We're not going to we're not going to say his name. No, I'm not going to say his name. But uh, I'm going to stick with Vardy. I think just because he's he's a couple of goals in front of the red. But I'd be surprised for that. I think I think the player you're talking about even tried to claim the uh, the, the player that got the COVID yeah. virus. He even tried to claim <laughs> yeah, that yeah. one. So yeah, he tried to claim that as well. Like yeah, yeah so. Uh, um, <laughs> if you're claiming anything, you can guarantee it. Like in the next few, <laughs> tell you. Ash, where you going with? Um, I'm gonna go Aguero. I think, yeah. I think if he stays fit, I think, I think, yeah. Man City have got some really um easy games as well coming up at home, so I think they'll they'll score quite a lot. He's got another hat trick in him at least. Definitely, uh, most hat tricks. Just not against us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um. Right, as we as we commence, right, Project Restart, we've all been looking forward to this. Um, I've said it before, there is light at the end of the football tunnel. We can now see the light at the end of the football tunnel. Um, the date's been set from the 17th. Uh, Project Restart, I know you're both looking forward to this and also sort of just the amount of football that's going to be um, viewed every game. Amazon have got some rights, the BBC, Sky and BT Sport, of course. So it's you know, find a find a quiet room, go in a corner somewhere away from the family or the kids or the missus or the other half. 
and just sort of watch every single game. Um, Lee, what's your thoughts on sort of the season starting up again? Uh, to be honest, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it now. I think like, after seeing like the friendly yesterday and you now know that the season's going to be starting, I'm sort of really looking forward. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see how it goes with a format of no fans and, and watching games, you know, uh, what is it, about sometimes at least three a day, isn't it, like, you know, so definitely two a day in, in the weekdays, you know, so you're going to come home from work or not going to work and you've got something to look forward to in the evenings now um, instead of Netflix all the time. So I'm looking forward to uh, to the games. Um, unfortunately, not looking forward to the Man City game, you know what I mean? It's going to be a real, uh, uh, you know, like a tough one to start off with, you know. So, um, but like, you know, we've got Man City away, Brighton away as our first two games. Let's see where we go, you know. Um, we're still, don't forget, people don't realise we're still unbeaten in, in since... January, you know, we're, we're the only team in the Premier League that's unbeaten go, uh, in, in in 2020. So, uh, you know, uh, we're the form team, aren't we? I don't know, but I don't know about that. But um, <laughs> it, it, it'd be very interesting to go because what I'm really interested in seeing is like it's always been a big advantage um, when you're at home with the fans and all that, like, and that's been taken away. So it'd be interesting how that, you know, the games go, especially the first few games, because you just don't know. You know, if, if if you're losing one nil at home, normally you can get the crowd behind you and and you can see you through. Particularly like you know when you go to Anfield, that's you can see that. But um, they're not going to have that now. So if we can get ourselves in front in that game, who knows? You know. So I'm really looking forward to the season starting. Really, and uh, and you know, as we say, it's all new for everybody, isn't it? No one really knows how it's going to be. So looking forward to um to the to the to the start of it and. Uh, you know, see how it goes. Nice, nice. I just want to build on that. Ash, what's your thoughts then about sort of crowd atmosphere then? Sort of, we, we spoke about in the last few episodes how in the Bundesliga they were using fans to submit pictures of themselves for a small fee and that went to charity. And in South Korea, they had the whole uh, sex doll mannequin mix-up, allegedly mix-up. Um, and then also, I think you just said in the Scandinavian League, was it in Denmark or so? Or yeah. they've, they've used the Zoom uh, visual representation of fans. How do you think, or what do you think the best way is going to be to create an atmosphere, if at all? Um, what do you, you think they're going to... Yeah, go I, I think we've got to a stage where, I, I remember some people used to say, oh, like, this person's amazing in training. He can do great stuff in training. And once he goes to the crowd, he may not be as good. So there could be some players that actually benefit from not having a crowd around. Some people that won't be on their back would then allow be allowed to be a bit more expressive and be a little bit more relaxed in, in how they kind of play. But then some teams and some players, the crowd, the crowd is the reason why they play the game and yeah. it really pushes them. So I think the idea from Denmark is quite funny um, and it was good to see it, but you're always worried about that one person. You might just like, expose everything at home. <laughs> <laughs> just whipping it all out. The Geordies. The Geordies love to hang around with their no shirts off. Can you imagine what they're going to be like at home? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I think it'll be good. I think watch the, the watching experience will be weird. But once you're on the pitch and you're playing a football match, some some people can just zone straight away out. They won't, they don't even see the crowd. They just see the goal or they see that the, the win. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be it'll be weird for us watching, but for the players, um, I'm not too sure. They might just actually zone out and just think we we need these three points. Yeah, I mean it's been really positive. Um, 
sort of no pun intended, but there were zero positive cases from the total mm. of 1,195 tests on Friday. And then over the weekend, nothing's emerged. So from a safety point of view, which is first, you know, paramount for everyone, Mm. They seem to have got that covered. And I was reading up that they've got these different zones now within the stadium and the ground, uh, red, amber and green, of which the players and staff can move around. So I think now that they've sort of got some understanding of safety procedures and they're using mm. the Bundesliga, which people, you know, has got a newfound following, people that weren't really too hot on German football have been watching it um, and they seem to be leading the way. So I think they've got that settled, which is positive. Um, and the concept of extra subs as well. No, so there's five subs yeah. from a possible nine players on the bench. Um, so that would be, you know, that would be positive to bring in other players or a bit of sort of if teams want to use it for tactical time wasting. Um, I don't know if you, either of you or of Cal as well, have you enjoyed watching any of the Bundesliga games where there's not been any noise and all you're hearing is the players talking to one another or the sound of the foot, the ball being hit or the back of the net being hit. And I know it sounds a bit, bit geeky, but I've really enjoyed just hearing the you know, the raw essence of it, all right, I can't understand German and I look forward to hearing players giving it and chucking it in English or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've, I've enjoyed it. I mean, I think um, we kind of style ourselves on being armchair football fans. Um, Lee, you being the exception. <laughs> um, but um, from having actually been at games at times, it, it's really kind of giving you more of that live feel, like kind of standing on the touchline at like a Sunday mm. league type of game. And, you know, and hearing every little shout and scream from people mm. on the sidelines and people on the pitch. And like you say, and hearing the ball, um, well, obviously they're all mic'd up. So you hear the ball really loud, every every little touch. Um, but um, the Bundesliga is a good league. So I've enjoyed watching that and uh, seeing some of the quality players coming through, some of the youngsters getting blooded and, um yeah, I, I, the last game I watched, I watched the uh, Bayern Munich versus uh, Bayer Leverkusen, uh, which ended 4-2, and it, it was really good. So, yeah, mm. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of the Bundesliga and hopefully maybe Arsenal signing some of the quality players uh, that, that uh, we're seeing on the Bundesliga as well. Um, Lee, what's your thoughts on sort of, I don't know if you've been watching any of the games over there or, and the concept of not hearing any fans? I've, I've not watched too many games. What I have watched, I think what's the most interesting thing from my point of view is that, you know, you don't really know too much about these teams, but when when it comes to the Premier League, there's always something on it for, from our point of view, whether it be some team going above us or going below us or teams you just don't like that you want to lose, you know what I mean? So I think that where I don't, I don't really have any uh, affection or dislike for any teams in Germany, if I'll be honest, there's a lot of teams that I want to see win um, uh, in England and, and certainly a lot of teams that I want to see lose so I'm, I'm going to look forward to seeing that uh, and watching that concept of it all for me it's going to be a lot different because like, I normally go to the game so just watching mm. it on TV is going to be um, you know like, uh, uh, you know back with everybody everybody's going to be doing the same you know so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to just being a TV fan for a few weeks and see what it's like you know and uh, you know I, I honestly think also that a lot of fans are not going to go back after this. You know, they're going to probably think, you know, do you know what? This ain't a bad watching it on TV and whatever. I, I think that, you know, um, the Premier League could lose a lot of their fans because of this as well, like, you know. So, mm. yeah, I just, I'm, I'm looking forward to it from, from those aspects. You know, um, just a great point there, you know, listening to what the, the players are going to be saying to uh, each other and, and things like that, which is something you never, never get when you on on TV because of the crowd and, and everything there. And also, when you're in the grounds, you um, you don't hear them anyway. So I think that's going to be a great thing, especially if uh, if a few of them get at it. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Like, and I'll see what they're actually saying to each other. So I'm looking forward to that bit. 
Nice, nice, yeah. Well, I did say before, I think with no fans, it could sort of uh, stop the players from kicking off a little bit more because there's, there's not that anger and getting abused and there's not that extra sort of fire, fire in the ground. So it, we should see sort of players just cracking on and it'll be interesting to see. So I'm looking forward to it and uh, everyone's getting their rackers back on. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Saturday, time Saturday to lose, betting, time to lose money again. Well, I've been saving so much money. I don't think I want to spend it again after this COVID. I'm bloody saving up, mate. Saving up. Right, moving on. So, project restart soon come. And then also the games are coming thick and fast. It's like a World Cup or Euros where you just, like you said, Lee, you come back after work or you're sort of at home and then you've got all these games to look forward to. So, we really welcome that here at Play On. Uh, Right, moving on as we sort of step forward as we go on to sort of a bit more serious matters uh, that's been going on sort of in America and around the world. Um, the recent incident with George Floyd, who was murdered at the hands of the Minneapolis police and also the uh, protests that have been going on around America and the world to sort of raise awareness for the brutality, uh, you know, the historical brutality and the recent issues that have gone with the police uh, with uh, sort of black people in the community and then Trump's inability to lead the nation. There's been a, a number of protests, peaceful and some not so much uh, with the looting. And I know there's also been protests here, but we're just going to touch on the idea of uh, the footballers recently who have been raising awareness uh, with the recent case of Black Lives Matter. And um, sort of just wanted to get both your guys' opinions on sort of everything that's been going on First and foremost, so Ash, what's what's your thoughts that's been going on? Everything. Um, so, again, I'm. It's been it's really like hurtful to see. First and foremost, R.I.P. to kind of like George Floyd, and um, thoughts with his family, um, thoughts with anyone who's who's seen that video and kind of gone through the traumatic experience. Because I think that is what it is. It was it was very traumatic, and it's raised a number of kind of questions, and it's been able to kind of like shine a light. <clears throat> on what has been happening for years and years. And I don't think um, anything's going to change overnight, but the the will and the force for change seems to have really kind of risen in a number of people. And I hope that um, all the good work that's been done in terms of like um, protests and conversations continues because like we said, Black Lives Matter, not only Black Lives Matter, but as a result of what's been going on, that has to stay in the forefront of people's thoughts, thought process. Um, for me, we're going to touch on it in a second, but I do believe football does have um, um, the ability to kind of showcase that and they can be pro- protests from players and on the pitch. I know we've had a number of clubs taking the knee um, in support of um, the, the George Floyd protests. And I think that that's great. And I, I just think, yeah, um, it's, it's global reach allows... Football has always been something that drains communities. So, like, you'll go out, you meet someone for the first time, or what team do you support? That normally strikes up a conversation with people. Um, you go across the world, you, you wear a certain shirt. People, I wore my Arsenal shirt in other countries, I get stopped. Oh, yeah. Arsenal, they start saying players to you. It's very much kind of a, um, a, a joining, um, a collaborative kind of um, experience. So the fact that it's kind of in so many living rooms across the world, what Jaden Sancho done by putting kind of Black Lives Matter on his thing, again, it's just showing that awareness. It's raising the profile of of this movement. Um, and I do think it's important that players are allowed to kind of protest. And what we always say on this pro- this this 
this platform is players are humans. They're going to be feeling it too. And if they're maybe not able to kind of like go to a protest, but they're going to want to get their message across. And I think the moment that we start kind of um, silencing players um, for supporting positive movements, then I think we've kind of gone too far. We've gone way too far. And I don't think it's it's good. Football is an enabling power. Um, so there's some stuff in football that still needs to be done. So we want to talk about kind of about racism and structural stuff. Football football needs to do that. We have a lot of players. We don't have many managers. We don't have many like club owners. There's a lot of work to do in football. But as a base level, it's a platform and it allows people to kind of get their voices across. And I just think um, we need to continue to, 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 to promote that. Um, anyone else? I just think, like, you know, it's great what Ash has said there. I think, like, football is, is a very, very powerful uh, tool. You know, um, one of the, the uh, you know, I've, I'm not a racist in, in no shape or form. And one of the reasons is because when I was a, uh, a youngster, um, w- was playing with, with black players at a young age, and you get to, 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 to know know the guys for what they are, not the colour of their skin. And, and, and I think that is very, very important. And I think football can, can play a major role in things like that, you know, and, um, you know, uh, I, I, I don't think that any player should be stopped um, from from saying what they want to say, you know, why should they be? And uh, well, just because they're a football fan would put something on their shirt, then let it be, you know. Um, you know, for me, being a, being a white person, I don't know what it's like to be racially abused. So from, from my point of view, I can't comment on that, like, you know, but obviously the, the black guys can, and they know what they're going through. So, if why shouldn't they be allowed to say what they they feel? Um, and and I think it's now is we're in a, a world now where this this has got to stop um, com- completely. Like you know, and um, it, you know, um, it's a, it's a, a very very touchy subject. I know, but that's what uh, what people have got to do. You know, and um, and and I think football can can play can play a very, very big part in it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Cal, then, um, if you want to sort of end on that. Yeah, I just, um, I thought it was a really good point uh, Lee made just now. Um, well, and Ash as well. Um, but um, I've, I've seen some debates online and, man, it's it's a very contentious decision. You'd think that, you know, like Lee says, you know, if, if you've played with black players, you, you, you would kind of understand where people are coming from and feel like we're in a time where people should be able to voice their concerns and, and everybody should be able to listen to that and, it, and everything should be comfortable, everything should be okay. But from what I've seen in some online debates is it's still a very contentious um, issue. People still think if someone voices their opinion about racism that it's classed as politics and they would rather not see politics in the game. Um, so, you know, uh, I think there was an article where we saw, um, I think in the Bundesliga, Jaden Sancho was, um, celebrating, um, a goal that he scored. And what he did was it was a bit of a political demonstration because he's taken off his shirt and he had a message, uh, under his shirt saying justice for George Floyd. Um, and you know, a lot of people would say, okay, that's great. It's, it's showing support for a just cause. But then, you know, some people would say it's political and they don't want to see that kind of thing in the game. And there was talk of uh, sanctions being handed out from clubs to sort of fine players. Um, you know, FIFA's come out and they've uh, urged the competition organisers, so all of the FAs, to use a 
common sense approach, whatever that means, um, when they're considering punishing players for protesting against the death of George Floyd. Um, I, I mean, personally, I think it's quite sad that it's come to that, but it's still a very contentious um, issue, yeah. unfortunately. He was, um, I mean, so, yeah, so Jordan uh, Sancho and uh, Hakimi were sort of, uh, had the T-shirt saying justice for George Floyd and were yellow carded for obviously taking off their their shirts, which you can argue, you know, for and against. I mean, it's a stupid rule anyway. You get booked mm. for taking off your shirt anyway. I think that came in a few years ago. That's a load of, load of rubbish. But I definitely think it's down to teams and footballers, white, black, no matter where you're from, to raise awareness, to educate. You know, it starts with education and raising awareness to it. So we really, you know, well done all the teams so far that have knelt. Uh, Liverpool have done that. Um, and quite a few players have been raising awareness. And I'm sure we will see this continue over the few months as the games uh, draw to an end in the Premier League and then in the Champions League with teams taking the knee and raising awareness. Um, I don't think they're political messages, those T-shirts. It's more of a, a conscious, you know, because I know people in the past have been fined for having political messages. I know Pep Guardiola had something to do with Catalonia before. Mm. Um, so just uh, we, we support everyone. And obviously, this is our platform, our podcast. We want to raise awareness and mm. have these conversations. So no matter what you're doing out there, as long as you're safe, as long as you're doing it in a sort of peaceful way, get your message across and we keep reiterating it. Obviously, Black Lives Matter and we're here for everyone out there. Um, On that point of um, people taking off their shirts and getting booked for taking off their shirts, do you think that if a club did fine a player, it would specifically be because you've got yourself a yellow card and now you could end up getting another yellow card and getting sent off and missing games for us and we don't want you taking your shirt off? Do you think it could be related more to the fact of what is said on the shirt and they didn't yeah. work. No, I think it's the take. I think it's the taking off the shirt. I mean, uh, any player would agree that it's worth getting a yellow card for or worth getting fined for if you're going to raise awareness and spread your message. Mm. Um, so I don't think that's an issue. I think then you have that open dialogue with your club. And if you're someone like Jordan Sancho who holds a bit of weight with Borussia Dortmund being one of their star players, obviously, and you know England's one of England's star players, then you've got to have that talk with your team and, and trust. Uh, with your management and they trust you as a, as a human and as a professional so I think they'll have that open dialogue over there and um, I, I think it was more sort of the act of taking off the shirt um, and then you know so I, I don't think it's more about what the message said it could, you know as long as it doesn't breed hate or anything negative it's, it's, mm. it's, a, it's a positive message it's acknowledging a, a tragic act that's been happening you know it's not a recent thing obviously I mean there's and there's many other people that have died at the hands of of the police and the army in, in, in all over the world. So and um, this one just seems to be at the forefront. And just, just to jump in, so like our podcast, as long as I've been on there, has always been really positive to, to support anything. So I remember when Meza Ozil spoke about the Muslims in, in China um, and we, were at, we advocated that. So um, like I said, we're humans first. The fact that there's human suffering out there means that we want it to be eradicated. Um, so yeah, we do have kind of two two black people on this podcast, and I am one of them, and I'm very much for this movement. But there's lots of other movements that have taken place that we have been supportive of as of well. Course, yeah, At the yeah. moment, this is the one that we're supporting because it's it's really really pressing, and I think we will continue to support that individually and as a collective, as as um, the play on podcast and, and beer rap and banner. Well said, well said. Just talking about fines and money as we move on, we've had. Um, 
recently in the news, Tottenham Hotspurs uh, Spurs are broke. Is the headline? We can relieve the tension out a bit about 175 million Bank of England loan uh, with, with a fear of losing more than 200 million of revenue uh, to June 2021. Um, they've been told that they can't use the loan to, to buy players. Um, and this is all leading up to the, the issues of COVID and getting a little over their heads. They've had to cancel major sporting events. So they were going to host mm. the boxing, the NFL, the rugby. Um, and this, this is interesting. So, Lee, I know, I know you'll probably be itching to sort of uh, talk about this one. Uh, what's your thoughts on Spurs having a bailout? Because Arsenal, you know, we had a big stadium, um, mm. you know, beginning of the you know, 2000s, whatever. And, and the way they dealt with it financially was something to be admired. So what's your views on what's been going on with Spurs? Well, the Spurs will have to back, do, go down the same route as we've gone down. As simple as that. No bad that. So you have to see their best players. Simple as that. You know what I mean? To survive. We've had to do it. Um, unfortunately for them, you know, the, 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 these, the virus and everything has come when, obviously, they're not, they didn't know this was going to happen. You know, if he wasn't a, a, Spurs, a Spurs 80, you'd feel sorry for him in, in certain ways. <laughs> yeah. They've had two years where they've gone to Wembley uh, missed out on a lot of revenue there. And then, of course, like they, they were supposed to go back to White Hart Lane and, and obviously got delayed. So it was another half a season. And then this season, it, it's all happened, you know, like again. And it was a great point that was just made there is, you know, with Tottenham, I was meant to be going to the uh, uh, AJ fight at, um, at White Hart Lane, you know. So they was going to have all these like, concerts and things going on during the summer, which was going to bring in revenue. It's just been taken away from them. So, you know... The businesses around Spurs must be, you know, suffering because not only of, uh, you know, what's going on there. They've had two years. Well, you know, oh, in two years' time, we, Spurs is going to come back here and we're going to be getting 60,000 people coming through the door. It's just, you know, not happening for them. And, um, you know, now, now they're in a position where, you know, welcome to the, to the, to the Arsenal world. You know, we, we had it for, for for so many years. And if you ever look down at... Down, um, the course of history, every team that's had a new stadium suffered somewhere along the line, whether it be from relegation or, you know, like for us not competing. Um, West Ham have, have struggled because of it, like, you know, and, um, you know, uh, Spurs are going to be in the long line uh, that are going to be struggling. And uh, listen, do, do we really want to see them go under? Um, you know, it's a tough question. You know? <laughs> Uh, but it would be nice, wouldn't it? Like if they did, and that's a, they had to start again from from scratch. I'd love it, but uh, you know, um, you have to think about the jobs of certain people and everything. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, it'd be interesting to see what they say. But they have got Harry Kane, who, who will give them uh, a lot of money to to uh, to um, to survive. You know. So uh, do I feel sorry for them? No, I don't. Ash? Yeah, everything um, Lee said. I think having gone through it in 2006 when we moved to the to the, to the Emirates and um, what we maybe thought the Emirates was going to be for us <clears throat> hasn't quite manifested in the same way that um, that, like, that, that, that we dreamed it. So we thought, yeah, we'd go into the big leagues and we'd be able to buy these kind of players and it actually had an, an adverse effect because of kind of the influx of money from the likes of um, Roman Abramovich. Then you obviously had the Man City money kind of coming as well. It kind of completely distorted the good work that, that we've kind of done. So um, it is unfortunate events um, that have happened. 
And I know that Tottenham for a number of years wanted to kind of do this, but these are the hazards that kind of come with getting a new stadium. Um, I do like the rivalry. Like it's it's good that they kind of think they're as good as us when they they've never been as good as us. Um, they've been better than us recently, but I think stuff like this will set them back, especially if they have to sell their best players. But um, yeah, it, it happens. You have to kind of cut your cloth, cloth, cloth accordingly. Let's just see how it works out for them. Mm, yeah, I mean, but I'm just reading up in the past. I mean, it's not been the first time that Premier League mm. teams have been uh, helped with. Mm. Uh, loans and bailouts there's a number of teams supported by the Australian bank uh, <laughs> Macquire Group Limited um, and there was one case where the selling of Mares from Leicester to Man City went through and then Man City had to pay the bank rather than the team so it's not uncommon uh, Spurs seem to have been running up a bit of debt I know they've borrowed £637 million from the HSBC Golden Sachs um, and Bank of America Merrill Lynch so and without, you know, the revenue of Champions League, these big stadium events with the boxing, they're going to be in trouble. They, you know, will they sell their best players? I mean, the best players will inevitably want to go to, to go into bigger things, um, which we welcome uh, from a Arsenal point of view. But we shall see what happens. It'd be interesting, Lee, you're saying about the boxing, about the uh, um, AJ and Pulev fight. That would have been good to see. And that would have been a good test for him. So we shall see. What happens down the line? Um, right, time-wise, uh, we're going to start to wrap this up. So recently, in the last few episodes, I've been putting together a quiz uh, because the whole world's gone Zoom quiz, family quiz crazy, <laughs> and Arsenal quiz, and general knowledge, and oh my God, I feel like I've got like two degrees after coming out of lockdown <laughs> with all the general knowledge. <laughs> You know, if you want to know how many hearts an octopus has got or where potatoes come from or what's the smallest country in the world, I could tell you. Um, <laughs> so I'll tell you later off there, boys. What, uh, what is the smallest <laughs> country in the world, Ben? Vatican City. Hey. Mm. Hey. Are you even going to test me? <laughs> what, you really? you got <laughs> High heels. Got to stay you on your toes. Yeah. <laughs> My cousin had a joke one the other day. What's the biggest city in Europe? Dublin. <laughs> Dublin, <and> Dublin. <laughs> Sorry, Dublin. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So these quizzes, these quizzes have been put together, or just I've just nicked them off sort of the internet or the Guardian or BBC, and and Cal and Ash have been going head to head. This time around, Cal has been putting the quiz together, and yes. uh, Ash, myself, and Lee will be um, answering a number of questions. So I'm going to hand it over to the quiz master, Cal. Thank you very much. I'm really excited about this one. I hope you guys enjoy it because um, I've actually made it myself. I went nice. on to the uh, UEFA.com website. I thought football's coming back. Let's see what we can find. And I thought it'd be too easy to focus on the Premier League because everyone knows going to know quite pretty much the Premier League inside out. So I've got a little Champions League quiz together here. Ooh. Okay. It's not too hard, but um, like hopefully you guys will enjoy it. It's multiple choice. All right. Um, so, and uh, yeah, just being mindful of time, uh, we, might, we might just cut it in half. I've got seven questions, but, you know, we could do three or four or something. Um, unless you guys really want to do the full seven, then let's go. So, seven, at me. Happy to do the seven. Yeah, let's yeah? do the seven. Okay. Let's do the seven. Oh, right. okay, okay, okay. People can join in, as always. So people listening, you know, you feel free to uh, to use this or, or, or do it as, you, as you're commuting or wherever. So, yeah, it's a team effort. Here we go. Um, okay, so uh, question one. Um, so remember, th these are all based on the, the European Champions League, right? So if I say European Cup, I'm not talking about 
the UEFA Cup, Europa League, or anything. That's all to do with the Champions League, that European mm-hmm. Cup, right? Okay. So, uh, which British club has won the European Cup the least? So, out of this list, which British club has won the European Cup the least? Is it A, Celtic, B, Nottingham Forest, C, Aston Villa, or D, Rangers? D. D. Uh, I'll play it safe and go D. <laughs> Correct. Rangers have won zero European mm. Cups. Um, Nottingham Forest uh, winning two, uh, winning the most out of that list. And uh, Celtic and Aston Villa both winning one each. One. Yeah. Um, so, question two. Which team has the most Champions League titles? So, which team's won the European Cup the most? Is it A, Barcelona, B, Liverpool, C, Real Madrid, D, Bayern Munich? C. C, Madrid. Real Madrid. Everybody is unanimous on their decision there. And correct, C, Real Madrid has won... Uh, I believe it is 16 European Cups. It's amazing. 16? When you've got the government to support you, it's it's a lot easier. (laughs) (laughs) Is that right? The government supporting them? Yeah, they've dealt with them out a few times, haven't they? Yeah, sold the training ground. They bought the training ground off of them and then sold it back to them for a couple of pennies. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They're the team of the state, you know, the state's team, Mm. historically. Right for some, isn't it? So I actually got the uh, the number wrong. It's actually thirteen European. Thirteen. Uh, oh. Yeah. Thirteen more than us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, we'll some balance. Some any Arsenal. We'll balance. get in it first. <laughs> yeah. For real. <laughs> um, question three: Which nation has the second most? title wins so we've looked at the clubs that have won champions league titles now we're talking about you combine all of the most successful clubs in the nation which country which nation is going to have the second most title wins obviously spain looks like they're going to be number one which nation is going to be number two is it a england b germany c holland or d italy england a, I'm going to say England. I'm going to say A. I'm going to say England as well. Although I, was t- I was tempted to say uh, Italy, but I think uh, in the recent times, Italy have always got to the... Like Juventus have been mm. sort of always the bridesmaid, never the bride almost. So I'd say England. Juventus and AC Milan have won it a few times though. Yeah, I know, but yeah. Oh, Liverpool have won it five. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can I say, oh, no, I'm going to stick to my guns, stick to my guns, go on. I've got to get one wrong. I can, I can tell you guys, AC Milan have got seven titles. Oh. Yeah, I know that. I know that one. Yeah, Lee's on to something here, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go on then. I'll, I'll, you, you, you swag me. I'll go with Italy. I'm going to stay with England. Yeah, I don't want to influence any opinions, so I'm giving everyone the chance to think and to... Uh... Uh, We've committed it. We've put pen to paper. Okay, so which nation has the second most... European Cup title ones. It is a England with European Cups, the second most successful nation in the history of the Champions League, just edging Italy out because Italy has 12. Oh, um, close. 
was close. That was a good one, that one. Right. So I think that's that's a one for Ben and Ash on that one. I love how you're doing the spreadsheet score as well, Cad. That's very efficient. On to question four. Which two clubs from the same nation... This is getting a bit trickier now. Um, Which two clubs from the same nation faced each other at Wembley in the 2013 final? So which two clubs from the same country faced each other at Wembley in the 2013 Champions League final? Is it A, Dortmund versus Bayern? Is it B, Manchester United versus Chelsea? Is it C, Real Madrid versus Atletico Madrid? Or is it D, Juventus versus Milan? A. Say say those again, say those again, Cal. Sorry. So, now yeah, one more time. Uh, which two clubs from the same nation faced each other in the, the European Champions League final at Wembley in 2013? Is it A, Dortmund versus Bayern? B, Manchester United versus Chelsea? C, Real Madrid versus Atletico Madrid? Or D, Juventus versus Milan? Uh, I'm going to... What well No. I don't know. Juventus for Milan, I'm going, well, I don't know. No, I'm going to go with A or C. I'm going to go with A because I think Klopp, that's around Klopp was Dortmund, I think A. A is correct. Dortmund versus Bayern was the uh, final at Wembley in 2013. Yeah, Real Madrid Atletico was 2014, the year after. That's when Gareth Bale scored, didn't it? Is that when he was there? Yeah, yeah, when when they won 4 1. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, wow, really, really, really yeah. good memories there. Yeah, Manu v Chelsea was in Moscow in 2000. Yeah. Hey. Um, that's when Terry and, slipped, uh, weren't it? And uh, Juve yeah. Milan was 2003 at Old Trafford, yeah. Um, but Roma and Atletico have actually had two finals in recent times, haven't they? Yeah, uh, very successful team in 2014. They had another final there as well. Mm. Um, but Moving on to question five now. Um, what is the highest score in a Champions League final? Uh, so, you can add the, add the score together from both sides, or it can just be, you know, all the goals coming from one side. Uh, what, but what is the highest score? Is it A, 4-0? Is it B, 4-1? Is it C, 7-3? Or is it D, Five three. C. Yeah, I've got a feeling seven three. I think someone's won one seven three before. Say the, okay. say the scores again. Is this is this like champions? Like what would be the Champions League? Like European? literally, yeah, European Cup, Champions League final. So you know, finals are usually yeah, quite low scoring affairs, aren't they? Um, what would be the highest score in in the Champions League final? Four nil. Yeah. Four one. Seven three or five three. I know four one was <coughs> Barca Ajax, I think, or Barca someone. Seven three, I'm not sure about. <sighs> I read this in my book. But, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say four one just to be different because the other said seven three. So just, I think it is seven three, but I'll say four one just to be different. Go. On. Just to be different, just to be wrong. <laughs> Seven three is definitely the uh, the correct answer there. Oh. Um, 
which was the 1960 Champions League final where Real Madrid beat Frankfurt 7-3 at Hampton Park in Glasgow. Well done, lads. Well done. I should have gone um, with that. Oh, well. I've got to make no, it. I like, I like that. You've got to stand on your own sometimes, you know. I Ash, like, I like she's that. taking it. Ash, she's taking it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to win one quiz. <laughs> uh, last couple of questions now. Um, so question six. Which English team is among the highest goal scorers in Champions League history? Is it A, Arsenal? Is it B, Liverpool? Is it C, Manchester City? Or is it D, Manchester United? Mm. Which English team is among the highest goal scorers in Champions League history? D, United. Ash has gone for D. D United. I'd say... Oh. Li- li- go on, Lee, so go on. Oh, I've got to go Liverpool. Yeah, I'd say Liverpool. Historically, probably just because... Yeah, I'd say Liverpool. And the answer is D, Manchester United. Oh. Oh. I tell you, no, I tell you why I think it was United. He's, because he's, he's taking it. There yeah, was a stage right. where United was in it every year, but Liverpool weren't. And that's when they had like the group games as well as it was a longer competition. Yeah, very good, very good. So yeah. that's why I thought United would have would have scored lots of goals in group stages, whereas before when Liverpool were in it, yeah, they used to just be that like, quick knockouts. So that's why I went for United. Well done, well done. All right. Well done. Well done. Well, let's let's see if uh, if Ash can get seven out of seven. He's got pretty much every question that's right. Unbelievable, so. isn't it? Right, eh? You ain't telling <laughs> the answers, have you? <laughs> well, I think it's Text I think it's ironic. It's <laughs> ironic. We can't. We can no longer see what he's doing on his camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Google can hit me a time. Same old Arsenal. Holy shit. Let's, let's do the last question real quick. <laughs> this one wrong now, you watch. Um, which player has not won the Champions League? So out of this list of players, which player has not won the European Cup? Is it A, Zlatan Ibrahimovic? Is it B, Lewandowski? I don't even know what his bloody first name is, actually. Is it C, Ruud van Nistelrooy? Or is it D, Cesc Fabregas? Ooh. Which player? Oh, that's hard. Champions League. That is. Ooh. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna I'm gonna say my I'm gonna say Van Nistelrooy. Oh no! Wait a minute. Because he, he was benched, wasn't he, for a game, and he kicked off, and that's why they sold him. Fabregas <laughs> is with Barca, maybe. Lewandowski just wins everything because he's. Yeah, but who did he win it with then? Oh yeah, because he was wasn't he at Dortmund? Yeah, he didn't go to Munich then. It would have been him. No. Yeah, I'd say Lewandowski. Yeah, I'm going Lewandowski. <laughs> he was at Dortmund, I think. Hold on, I'm trying to work out. So. Doesn't matter, we've lost anyway. Go on, we'll say yeah, yeah, damn it. Yeah, look. Ash is on Google as we speak. No, no. Hold <laughs> on, no, listen, look. These are my notes. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking, where did, but where did Zlatan win it? No, where's he played for? Ace. He's played for Zlatan. Has played for Ajax, Juventus. And I think England. he won it. I, I think he has won it. Oh, that, you know, he's won so many things, hasn't he? So hold on, Cal. The question is, who, which player has won it? Which player has not won it? Has not won it. So Ibrahimovic has played for Ajax, Juventus, in at Milan. Lewandowski 
um, obviously at uh, Bayern Munich and Dortmund as well. Van Nistelrooy yeah. has and played PSV, Man United and Real Madrid. And Lewandowski. I'm going, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going in it. Sorry. Me too, me too. Come on, Ash, don't overthink it, man. You've won. I know you want a perfect invincible. You want to be invincible, but... Uh, I'll go Lewandowski. Lewandowski has not won the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. And everybody is actually right because this was a trick question. Yeah, yeah, I thought so because none Zatan of these players have won the Champions League. Yeah, Zatan hasn't won it. Oh, I thought Van Nistelrooy. Oh, well, really good question, Cal. Well no, no, no. Van Nistelrooy is uh, he's famously uh, philosophical about it, saying, I'm proud to have won team and individual trophies, but my greatest satisfaction yeah, was to be able it. to work day after day, year after year. Cesc oh. didn't win it because he went after. He went to Barcelona yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. So he didn't win it. There. And Van Nistelrooy was at Real Madrid, but they didn't win it in that time. And then between the times, United didn't. Okay, yeah, that was a really good one. Cesc had quite a sad story, actually, because... Um, He's made some of the most appearances without reaching the final. Mm. Um, and um, he was a runner-up with Arsenal in 2006. Mm. Um, and uh, Barcelona won the league the season before he joined them. Mm-hmm. And when he left, uh, that's they won the year after. Won Champions League before Cesc joined. And then just when Cesc left, they won it again. So the whole time he was there, he didn't win the Champions League. Yeah. Oh. Wow. A bit, bit, bit of education there, Cal. Yeah, yeah. I've learned something today. <laughs> Cheers, guys. It was an amazing list, though, wasn't it? You would have yeah. all of those players uh, would have been decorated like that, but unfortunately not. So he takes it. Ash takes it. Well done, Ash. Yeah, we've got seven out of seven, Ash. Well done. Well done, Invincible. No, hold on, Lee. After the last quiz, I had to do better. <laughs> 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 I had to. Right. Oh, good. Oh, so. Um, that concludes today's episode of the Play On podcast, and I just want to say thank you uh, to Lee for coming on once again. Thanks, man. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, no worries. Really enjoyed it, like you know. Good luck with everything you're doing, lads. It's a brilliant show. Well done. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you. And so, just to recap, we've had the top goal scorer review of the season so far. Uh, project restart and discussed about how the teams are going to move forward doing that, and obviously. George Floyd incident in America and justice for George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, along with Spurs at bailout and also the amazing quiz from Cal. I've been Ben. Thanks for listening. I've been Ash. I've been Cal. And uh, a big thank you to Lee for joining us. And yeah, hopefully man. we get to speak to you again soon. No problem. Look forward to it. Cheers, thank Lee. Thanks a lot. Thank you. And you can check us out on all streaming platforms uh, under Beer Rap and Banner at Beer Rap Bands at Podcast Play On uh, just Google us and you'll be able to hear us on all platforms and Lee just your socials or where, where people can watch you and listen to you and whatnot. Yeah uh, Lee Mark Judges on Twitter and Lee Mark Judges on Instagram so I'm on those too like you know so get me on there anytime Wonderful thank you look forward to uh, meeting up in person and sharing a pint and talk about Arsenal or Yeah or that'd be nice I look forward to that like yeah Thank you. Yeah, we owe you one. And uh, Cal, as always, Cal, thanks for doing the quiz and engineering. And Ash, thank you for providing the the insight, as always. No <laughs> the flair, the flair, <laughs> <my> sort of. <laughs> and big thank you to you as well, Ben, for coming yeah, to us all. Wonderful, wonderful. Everyone, thanks for listening. Have a good week. Stay safe, and we'll see you soon. Peace. Peace.